Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to take a minute to thank you. Today's episode is all about community, and it is so important to me that I take a second to thank the one right here. Your continued support in listening and sharing the podcast has helped us to support so many of you in so many ways in just a few short months. And I have one more thing I want to thank you for, is this community has given me one of the greatest gifts since I left the company I founded last year. As you know, I kicked off my big program earlier this month, and in doing so, so many of you came to me asking me for ways to work with me one-on-one. Your belief in me is so appreciated, and from that, I've created three different one-on-one options for working with me to help you grow your brand or your company's community through content, social media, partnerships, email, collaborations, and more. Just click the link in the show notes and fill out the form. Grab 30 minutes with me for a free consult. I'd love the chance to work with you, to get to know you, and to learn about your business. So on to today's episode. Today's episode is really special to me because I'm interviewing two longtime friends from my days at Bump Club and Beyond. Heather Wieda and Laura Deutsch owned and later sold a community for parents and parents-to-be based in New York City. Years ago, they reached out to me to collaborate, and instead of shunning them because they could be deemed competitors, we partnered together and created what is now a lifelong friendship. Honestly, I count the two of them as two of my greatest mentors and two of my greatest supporters. After selling their first company, Heather and Laura came together with their two additional co-founder co-founders to start a new community, this time one for female gamers. The Game Hers is a social and career networking app and media platform for women who game and who work in the gaming space. Laura and Heather are natural builders of community. They have now founded and grown two amazing companies based on the principle of putting your community first. Without further ado, please come on in and meet my friends, Heather Wieda and Laura Deutsch, co-founders of The Game Hers. All right. Today on Dear Founder, we have two very special guests. We have two blasts from my past, which is very, very, very exciting, who are doing something totally different than they were the last time we were together. Um, We have Laura Deutsch and Heather Wieda. They are the co-founders of The Game Hers. And looking at their faces right now, I'm so happy to have them here. And also, it feels like no time has passed. So Heather and Laura, welcome back or welcome to to Dear Founder and welcome back into my world. Hello. Uh, We're so happy to be here. Lindsay, we are thrilled to be here. It feels like a reunion. It is Um, a reunion. Hopefully at some point during this podcast, we can share really how, how you've been such a mentor to both of us. Oh, stop. For real. And we've learned so much 
from you and are just so jazzed about your new podcast and this new chapter in your life. And you are truly, truly inspiring uh, women entrepreneurs. And we're just thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled that you're here. And before I have you get started, I do want to say this, that you know, Heather and Laura came into my world in the parenting space. They also owned a community that was similar to Bump Club and we connected and we like instantly clicked. And I always looked forward to the time that I was in New York or we were in Vegas together for for trade shows and we would have the opportunity to hang out. And not only did, you know, they become friends, but they were very, very supportive of what I was doing. I was very supportive of what they were doing. And there was just never any competition between us. We always wanted to see each other exceed and excel. And I will say, like, I've had many conversations with Heather, especially about selling my business because they sold theirs before I sold mine. And they're just two remarkable women who you're going to hear are doing something completely different, which really goes to show that you are never stuck doing one thing. So I want you guys to really share the story of how the game hers came about and also what it is for those who don't know in your words. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, yes, a big, big change from, from the parenting world, uh, <laughs> Laura and I, and our two co-founders, Rebecca Dixon and Verda Maloney, we started a company called the game hers. It's one of the largest media platforms, social networking communities, and lifestyle brands for women and femme identifying people who game and who work in the gaming industry. So it's a real switch for us, except that, as you mentioned, it is a space um, that brings women together in a safe way and gives women and femme identifying gamers a voice when often they don't. So, you know, I'd love for Laura to dive in um, at some point to the first company that she started and I had the honor of joining, which was Mommy Bites. So this creating women-centered communities is our jam and passion. Um, we, We started this company because we saw a real need Uh, After we sold our parenting company in 2016, the co-founders, we all had some adjacencies to gaming. My adjacency was I was designing toys for Alcon, who was the visionary behind Pokemon. And I was designing toys specifically in the gaming space. And ended up at a conference at Goldman Sachs in, in 2019 And it was about how gaming is going to be the next huge thing, how there's a ton of money in this. And it it was geared towards like, hey, you want to get in now because this is going to be big and you're going to miss it. And I remember looking around and feeling like, wow, this is like, this is super exciting to to be in this room. Um, But where are the women? Like if this is going to be the next big thing and there's a ton of money here and it's exciting and there's all these opportunities for jobs and growth, like where are the women? Um, And as I was thinking that in my head, this amazing man came onto the stage. His name is Niles Heron. He's a co-founder of of, um, Pop Dog and Loaded Talent Agency. And for those of you that are gamers, um, which reps Ninja. 
And he got on the stage and he looked out at everyone and he said, listen, before I start my, my keynote, like, are, are we going to do this? Are we going to, are we really going to have a, a multi-billion dollar industry run by white men again? And I, I, I kind of just took a beat and I thought, gosh, he's, he's right. Like, what, what are we doing? So I went home that night and did a deep dive. Um, my thought process was, can I, because because I was a product developer and designing toys, can I design something in this space for women? And as I was doing a deep dive, I realized, although there were a lot of charities, there wasn't a for-purpose and for-profit company, community, um, media platform that united women um, in this space. So for, for the listeners and Lindsay, I, I, I learned this from you and I hear a lot of your guests say this. So I'm, I'm going to um, share this with your listeners now. And that is, I, I did something that was out of my comfort zone and I just kind of um, went for it. And I, I emailed Niles Heron's help desk at his company. I did not have his email in the middle of the night and I pitched this idea and I said, you know, I think this is needed. I think uh, the the exact business that we had from Mommy Bites, which I know Laura will talk about in a minute, um, business model, like we could do this for for women in the gaming space. So I emailed him and my husband was like, babe, don't get your hopes up. You know, it's a help desk. I don't know if he's going to get back to you. He got back to me the next morning um, and said, this is an awesome idea. When can you talk? So that was the first like okay, moment for me that was like, okay, this could be something. Um, let me just pause too and say that what I didn't realize until I did a deep, deep dive is that women are 46% of the video gaming market. So as huge as gaming is, is, is also the women and femme identifying humans in this space. It's a huge market. So I, I knew I didn't want to do this by myself. Um, so I called the three smartest people I know that I have worked with three of the smartest people I know, Laura, um, who started our first company, Rebecca Dixon, who worked for us at, at mommy bites and is incredible at sales and connections and networking. And my friend Verda Maloney, who I'd known personally and professionally for over a decade. And we had done some, um, racial justice work together at our school. And that's actually Verda's um, lifelong career. She goes around the country speaking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, So I called them and I pitched them and I said, listen, this is my idea. Like my feelings won't be hurt, but like any interest. And all three of them said, I'm in. So that's how we, we started. Um, But I mean, Laura, it was, you teed us up because you really started the idea of bringing women together back in 2006. Yes. Um, so Lindsay, do you want, should I talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I want to hear from your perspective. And I think this is so interesting. I'm sure you saw, I was taking notes. It's so interesting because and we'll get into this, but all three of us like are community first people. And if you have the strong community, the the possibilities are endless because you can always add extensions onto your brand. And so to see the need in this space for 
a woman-based community is and a place to bring women together who could identify w- with this one commonality is, I mean, that was obviously so needed. So yes, Laura, I want to hear from your perspective because you are the original community builder. I mean, really in the parenting space, <laughs> but I want to give Laura that shout out because before anyone else was really there, it was Laura and mommy bites. So Oh, you're so sweet. But it's funny is that it, it, I always tell people like I didn't start it to start a business. I actually started it because my entire life, I really, I was a teacher. I love kids. I, I was really just looking forward to having kids and be at home and be a stay at home mom and do all those things. And I, uh, I, I quickly found uh, out <laughs> that I was looking for more. Um, I but I say ha mom. though, and I know I'm not interrupting you because you thought one thing, I mean, you like work your ass off and you have for the last 20 years. <laughs> I, it's just so funny. Like I, and I, I do tell young, you know, people who are thinking of having kids, you never know what, what's going to be like once you have a kid. You just, you don't know. You, you may be the type of person that say I'm going back to work. I, and be that person who ends up staying home. Like you really don't know till you're put into it. And I've, I found that. And, and I, I was um, the first of my friends to have kids. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I really would love to meet other new moms here. I, I don't really know people. There wasn't much in the city for me to, to, to meet new moms. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put together a lunch. I'm just going to put together a lunch, you know, and get, get these moms together. I'm going to hire an expert to talk about something in the baby space that would, you know, give us a commonality to bond over. Um, and I literally, I, I tell a story just cause it's makes me, it's so antiquated, but it's just, it's like the, the core of who I am. I literally made postcards for it. And I stood on the corner of the upper West side with my daughter, Ava in the stroller. And every time I saw a mom with a stroller go by, I would give her this card and I'd be like, hey, I'm getting a group of moms together. Are you interested in coming? Because um, there that, was no social media. There was no internet. There was no social media. <laughs> there was like no <laughs> internet when we started. Crazy? Like- That's what it was. Lindsay, that, that was how you built a business back then. I used to want, so I had that lunch. I had about 10 people show up. Um, I had this speaker and, and it just kind of went from there. And it was, it was so organic. Um, it was so, you know, at first it was once a, every few weeks and then it became once a week. And then, and then I actually did create a website. They did have internet. <laughs> so I started getting emails from people from other parts of town and said, Hey, I heard of these lunches. Would you like to maybe do one on the Upper East Side? And, I, and it was just really, really organic. Um and and it literally kind of just grew on its own. Um, if someone were to tell me back then the trajectory of the business, I, I just I wouldn't have believed them. Um, so the way that Heather came into to the story was I was doing, you know, Heather has an older child, about three years older than my oldest. And at the time that I was doing events for moms with really young babies, um, Heather had emailed me and said, Hey, I see what you're doing. Do you ever consider doing events for moms with toddlers? Um, and I immediately, even just from her email, loved her vibe. And I just, something in me knew that this was not something I should just brush off. So I emailed her back. I said, you know, I don't only because I don't have the manpower, women power. I don't have the woman power to do all that. Is this something that like, 
you might be interested in, in helping me with. She immediately gets back to me and says, absolutely. We meet for coffee the next day. And literally that was in 2008. It is now 2022. It's almost kind of gross how much we like fell in love, but like we just had this vibe and we just are, we just knew, we just knew that something was going to happen here. So Heather came on board and started Kitty Bites, which was the toddler arm of our business. Um, and we just had the best time working together. And what happened was she became so much more than just kitty bites. She, we ended up doing every part of our business together. We strategized, we spoke every day with, and it just made no sense. Like she was, we were supposed to be partners. So that's when Heather came in as a full partner. And, and then that's, that's when we, that's when we really got going. And uh, that was in 2008. And we realized that there was so much more than just baby bites and even so much more than just kitty bites. So we did not want to limit ourselves any further. And we changed it to mommy bites. And we knew that was where we could take it wherever we wanted to take it. Um, and she and I, over the next decade, grew the business together, brought on people. We saw Rebecca, took on the sales and um, able to bring it to a place to, to sell in 2016. We had we know that we had we took the business all that we could with with the amount of funding that we had um and our kids were getting older and it was time for our next chapter so that's our mommy bite story well, but i love the i and i think that story is so pertinent to what you are doing now um and i'm so glad that you shared it because you are doing it again and you're learning from the initial business of course and applying those learnings to the new business, but there are also so many new factors that play into the new business that are going to propel it even faster. But my big question for both of you is Laura said that mommy bites started when you put together a lunch. What's your put together a lunch moment for Gamehurst? Like, what was that moment? Like you had this idea, Heather, you went to the people you knew worked best with you you said, come on, are you in? Everyone said, I'm in. So like, what happened? How do you launch a community? So the moment for me when, and I'm sure each founder has a different moment, so I'll share mine. The moment for me when I thought, okay, this, this could be something. Um, I had, so the idea came to me in 2019, put together the, the team, got on that call with Niles Heron, and, and then was just kind of digesting, okay, what, what, what should this be? What's the business model? What's the branding? What's the logo? Um, which we'll, we can get into the, the very deliberate, as I know you do too, Lindsay, very deliberate in the logo and look and feel and branding. Um, and I was at a movie premiere here in New York City um, for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Remember that movie came out in 2019? Yep. And it was super fun. And there was a, like a cocktail reception, um, before. And my neighbor who is a VC was at this cocktail reception who I didn't know, but my husband did. And my husband said, he's whispering in my ear. Um, by the way, a whole separate podcast could be on how important it is to have partners, husbands, partners, 
uh, family friends that are. Yes. And I should have you back for that. Women entrepreneurs. Cause yes. yeah, that's, a, that's a thing. Um, but he's so supportive. He has been all along and he whispers in my ear. He said, babe, you should pitch him right now. I said, I'm like, babe, what do you mean? I have, I have no, nothing written. Down. This is all in my head right now. He said, he said, I'm telling you. So I went over to him again, the theme being just go for it. What, you know, worst he could say is no. Um, and I pitched him on the spot. He had known mommy bites. So he, he already knew he, the first thing he says was, was my wife and I were the biggest fans of mommy bites. So I know, you know how to build communities, which was super nice. Um, and so I pitched him and he said, um, he's, I, he said, this is great. which just super nice. And so I said, well, I, have to say, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to hear from him. By the time I sat down in the movie theater, he had texted me. Do, can you come in? Can you meet? Um, so we all went in again. We had no materials. We had nothing done yet. It was all literally in our heads. And we met with him and his team and we pitched it on the fly. And at the end of it, he said, um, well, we'd like to invest. And, and now, you know, a few years later, so Laura and I bootstrapped Mommy Bites. We knew that this was such a big market and we knew we wanted to be first to market and um, we knew we need, need capital. Yeah. So I, I was like, oh, fundraising is so fun. Like, oh, God. great. <laughs> I mean, two years later, it's like, I mean, anyone that's done it, it just doesn't normally happen like like that, especially for um, women entrepreneurs. I'm sure I'm sure your listeners all know this, but um, w- all women founded companies only receive 2% of VC funding. Like what? And if, if you have a black co-founder, which we do, that drops to 1%. Like wh- what? So um, that for me, I came out of that meeting, called my husband. And I mean, that was an aha moment that, okay, th- this could be something. But Laura, what was, I'm so curious. I don't know what, how Laura will answer this. Oh, it's so interesting. And I thought you were going to answer exactly what I'm about to say. Um, but I had, I had two. Um, one was the actual aha moment. And one was the holy fucking shit moment. So the actual moment that I felt like we are onto something was our first coming out party at PAX. Mm-hmm. So we, this was still an idea. And although we had uh, investor interest and people kept telling us it was a great idea, we didn't speak to the actual people themselves yet, which were the women and femme identifying gamers. So that's, you know, without that, we got nothing. So we went to our first PAX event, which is a big gaming um, event. I mean, 80,000, 100,000 people go to this, you know, just like we used to go, Lindsay, in the trade shows, there's tables, people walk around. Um, And Heather and I, um, on behalf of the gamers, went for five days to this PAX conference haul on a train, all our materials, we go on there. And we were, I remember we were having dinner the night before and we were saying to each other, like, what is going to happen tomorrow? Like, are people going to look at us and be like, what are you like? What, like, what is going to happen? Like, this is it. This is our coming out party. Um, and we were so nervous because like that, if they loved us, it's, we proof had of concept. it's a proof of concept. We, we set up our booth the next day. Lindsay, it was like, people were like, oh my God, where have you been? Thank you. They were thanking us 
for creating something like this. Like I get chills thinking about it because I looked at Heather and I'm like, Heather, like this, this is real. Like people need this. And when people need and want something, that is when you know you have a business because once you have that, everything else will follow. Um, so that PAX coming out party um, in 2020 was for sure when I knew that this was going to be a business. Okay. So what does game hers, what, sorry, I'm going to rephrase that. What does the game hers look like now? So we've, we've grown um, to about half a million members um, across various platforms. We have, we have kind of two sides to the company that are integrated and support each other in such an organic way that we, we, we couldn't have had the end result be better even if we had tried and done a million um, focus groups, which we did do. We actually did do a million focus <laughs> groups. Um, so we have a media side of the company, which does a lot of really great content um, and ways to shine the light and elevate women and femme identifying gamers in this space. Um, as, as I'm sure many people have heard, there is a lot of toxicity for women in gaming. Um, they often game without their headsets on so they can mask that they're even women. Um, they have been um, truly um, abused is the only way I can, I can describe it. Um, both in the workplace and, and online. So when we were doing um, focus groups and talking to women from really around the world about this idea, you know, we're all as founders, big believers in, in stepping back and listening to our community um, and not just saying, this is what we want to do. And this is why you should listen to us, but like, I want to hear what you want. So when we were doing that, the theme was, Hey, there's all this toxicity in the gaming space. So y'all should like create this safe space and, and, and tackle that, but it shouldn't be the focus. Um, Cause that, that gives the toxicity so much power. The focus should be, how do you shine the light on all the badass women in this space? So that has been the theme. So the media company has done a ton for that um, shining the light, elevating, creating content. Um, I think we're best known um, for two things right now. Uh, so I'll talk about one and then I'd love Laura to talk about the other. Um, one of the things we're best known for right now is the Gamer Awards. Um, Laura's, Laura's idea, which actually was, was um, the, the seed was planted by one of our um, advisors. So she's been a great advisor for us, always emailing with amazing ideas and, and she's been great. So she forwarded an email from the baby space about doing an awards for, you know, as you know, in the baby space, it's like we were nominated, you were nominated, best community, yeah. best product, best. Okay. Um, so it, this ended up in, in Laura's lap and Laura is just like the product guru. If you plant a seed, she doesn't eat or sleep until the product is like completely fleshed out. Um, so Laura kind of spearheaded the first Gamers Award. So it was the first ever um, awards that highlighted, elevated, and celebrated women in the gaming space, voted for by women. So I, the first year we had, how many votes did we had? 
you could you can be anyone could be nominated, but it had to be someone in the community. So we had five five thousand. Five. I think we had over five thousand nominations, and then over seventy five thousand votes in our first. Votes. Okay, that was the first year. Again, we had just launched. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. But I want to say really quickly, for those of you who are listening, because you guys hear me talk about partnerships and collaborations and and different ways to get the word out and spread the word about your business. Like this is, this is like it. I mean, this is like the cream of the crop. If you want to garner awareness for your business, you need to find a way where you can bring people in to elevate other people because that's how you go viral. That's how people share. And you are automatically getting organic reach and awareness and sometimes you don't even know it until it happens. But mm-hmm. but an awards-based platform is like genius for any brand. A hundred percent. It is such a feel-good, organic. It literally was our mission. <laughs> our mission was to elevate women. Like what better way to elevate women than to literally give women and femme-identifying gamers who aren't normally heard, let alone celebrated, an award voted by their community. Like it doesn't get better than that. It was such a joy to watch and be a part of. And to your point, Lindsay, so that was the first year we had literally just launched. Um, And then this past year we did it again and we had, oh my gosh, Laura, how many? We we had over 150,000 votes. Oh my God. I mean, bonkers. It's bonkers. Um, so everyone wants recognition and everyone wants to recognize the people who deserve the recognition, especially women. That's, you know, I mean, it's, if it were like a male based award, it would, it would (laughs) take on a different, like (laughs) they're out there. They're out there already. Of course they are, but it's like more competitive. It's like, it's just different. It's a different feel. Like women want to see other women succeed. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, and because this is a business focused podcast, Um, I will also touch on something that you said at the beginning of this, Lindsay, which is like kind of if you build it authentically, they will come. And meaning we just put our head down. We didn't we knew loosely how we would monetize, but that wasn't our focus, because if if that's your focus right from the beginning, your your community senses it. And you're like dead before you've even started. I say this all the time. Content, community, listening, reacting, pivoting, celebrating. Like that was our focus, uh, engagement, um, 
And because of the success of that, now we have like a great way for brands to get involved. Not so just you have in- the media and then you have the branding piece as well, which I want to point out exactly what you just said. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened naturally and organically because of how you put forth the community. That's it. That's it. A hundred percent, Lindsay. And I know you always, I, I've listened to your podcast. Like I, you lived and breathed this too. Like, and, and actually that is exactly how we started. I think what the other part of the company that we're best known for, which is our app, which Laura, I mean, just what Lindsay said, right? We started community yeah. first. So it, it, it always has to be that. And once you start forming this community and then you start listening, that's where other products start becoming developed, right? So, you know, we we were building up this community, this audience, and, you know, what we were hearing was that they also wanted an actual safe space to like communicate with each other. So many times, you know, there were some social platforms out there that while incredible, still had some unsafe feelings on it when you're on there communicating with people. I mean, I'll say it, it's not a secret. There's a, an incredible platform called Discord. It's huge in the gaming space. Um, they are amazing. They connect gamers all around the world, but there is there has been and still is a lot of toxicity. And what we heard from our community was they wanted a place similar to that where they can chat with each other. They can be social with each other on a daily basis, on an hourly basis and not and feel safe. And that is how our app was born. So that is like, okay, we see what you want now. You want a social networking community space that is safe for you. And that's how that's how the app came about. And literally our app, I, I mean, I do explain it this way, just, just the easiest to explain. It's really like a Facebook platform for women who game. Um, but I think, and it's the first of its kind, Lindsay. It's the first. If you try to Google social networking apps for gamers, there, there are a bunch out there for sure. Um, definitely created by men, for men. And it's completely obvious in the branding. And the experience you go through as you onboard, um, ours is the first created by women for women, with the guidance of lots of gamers letting us know exactly the feel and how they wanted it to be. And when you come onto our app, it's obvious right from the very moment you get on there that we're different, um, different in the sense that women come on and they just feel like they're at home, and we've been told that. Um, they're like, just from the second we got on here, we knew this was the safe place we wanted. So that's the app side of our business. So, okay. So we've all made and built communities very naturally and organically. And, and I love, I mean, you guys obviously speak my language because you, we did the same thing. And I mean, it was so, it was always so important to, I know all three of us that no matter what community we were building, whether it was for parents, whether it's for female gamers, whether it's for female founders, that it's just about the community first. And that you said it, Heather, like if if you build it, they will come. So now you've built it. How are you making money? (laughs) So low-hanging fruit advertisers. um, This is a huge untapped market um, for a few reasons. One, because people 
didn't realize many people, people in the gaming world have been saying this for years, but many people, many brands didn't realize um, how prominent women were in this space. And now we know it's 46%. Um, we also, when we ran focus groups, we found that as a culture, women and femme identifying gamers um, tend to be, this is no surprise, but like it needs to be stated in, in while we're talking about brand relationships, um, are early adopters, they're brand loyal, loyalists. Um, they, they will spend money sometimes that they don't have even on gaming products and adjacent um, products. And um, the, the, the word of mouth in this community with brands is tremendous. Um, they either really, really like you, but if you get it wrong, um, or if you haven't included them in the conversation or try to get in too late, like jumping on the bandwagon, um, they'll call you out for it. So low-hanging fruit is, is advertising, um, ha has been from, from the beginning, starting with the Gamer Awards. Um, now that we're growing our, our app, we envision um, sponsorships being part of that. Um, and um, Laura, do you want to talk about just some of the other ways we're, we're thinking yeah. about monetizing? Well, so so in the app world, from what we've learned, Lindsay, is which is very much similar to any business, but even more so um, for apps. I mean, there are some of the biggest apps out there today don't even make any money yet. Right. Like right. you need to you have you to need the really, community. Really, even heightened, heightened, heightened than like a, like you really need to get that commute because an app, you know, you need it constantly flowing and you need it vibrant, you need it robust. So you really need to really hone in the first at least year or two or even three or four, just building the community. So that is really what we are focused on right now. Um, but we, with the, the growth that we're seeing, we know if we build it, it will come. So we already have tons of ideas of how this app can be monetized. But once again, we want to wait a little bit. We want to talk to our community. We want to see what they want. We want to figure out how to do it organically. Um, we have, you know, merch that we might be selling. We have perhaps, who knows, maybe extra things in the app that can be, you know, freemium upgrades. Lots of ideas in the works. But right now we're laser focused on growing the community. Well, once you have a community who is so ingrained in what you do and, and on board with what you do, it's really easy to convert them to customers to your point, like selling a hat or selling a Like, you know, That's you right. have a half a million people on your app and you put out these limited edition hats. It's so easy to sell that when people subscribe to what you're doing because they're, they want to be there. They want to be part of what you're doing. And so, and I say that because it just goes to really hammer home the point that like you have to put your people first and you guys are queens of doing that. I, uh, yeah, Lindsay, I just, I just want to say one thing because um, this is, this has been, people often say, what's the key to your success? And I'll say specifically in our company, but you know, since we're talking about the app and our app, in addition to listening to our community and doing everything that, that you so brilliantly um, preach to your listeners, um, Lindsay, in, in building successful communities, we we also created an ambassador program. Amazing. So that has been, and we have almost 100 ambassadors. They are, the, I mean, they are the most amazing group of people. And 
you know, we, we hired someone to help us um, who knew apps really well um, to make sure that when we came out of beta in March, um, that, that it was a, it had a pulse already because if you get new members and it's not there, you're going to lose them. You're so, going to lose them. So we, for months, the ambassadors were going in, creating conversations, um, connecting with new members. I mean, we have a new member channel in the, in the app and, and women and femme identifying gamers share the most lovely tidbits about themselves. Not a single post goes unanswered ever. Which is, that speaks to your community. Yeah. And an ambassador program is, I mean, that's something that I say all the time to my clients. It's like, if you have a community, there's so many things you can do to help them out. They can help you elevate your brand. And one of them is an ambassador program without a doubt. Um, there's two more things I want to touch upon. One is kind of like, like, not, I guess not the elephant in the room, but like you started this company in 2019 and you said at the top of this, Heather, like, no one could have predicted this. Like no one could have predicted that we were going to go into a pandemic, but like, what did that do for you guys? Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm assuming that the pandemic sky helps you skyrocket, right? Like everyone wanted community at that time. And of course we don't want to say like, you know, yay for the pandemic. We don't, but like not everyone like was in a deep, dark hole during the pandemic and glass half full. I'm sure it helped your business. It did. And it also ties into um, something that I know you say a lot, which is the, the ability and desire to pivot if you need. So we had a whole marketing, as Laura said, we, we, our marketing plan year one on a limited budget was to go to these gaming conferences and set up a booth. Like, you know, Lindsay, we did it for years, years, the best way to network, Um, get emails, get connect with brands. That was our plan. We didn't have a backup plan. That was the plan. So um, in we went to we happened to get two in before um, the March of the pandemic. We 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 launched our website on May second, twenty twenty. March second. Mar- sorry, March second, twenty twenty. I mean, <laughs> and three weeks later, the world shut down. Big shut down. So so the you know it we weren't sure. Are we going to make it? Is is this like, are we going to be out of business before we've started? But then we just pivoted. Okay. So what does that mean? How can we, the need for community was even greater. The need to, um, to share and not feel alone was even greater. How do we, you know, do that in a better, faster way? That was always our game plan, but like we have to do it now. How do you bring people together online now? Um, so it was a, it was a great pivoting moment for us for sure. I feel like we like lived parallel lives. I mean, even though I was still at bump club at the time, it was the same thing. I mean, we were about to go into 300 target stores on March 21st for our first large scale activation. It was seven figures. And, you know, it was our first large scale activation post acquisition. And very similar to you guys, we had to pivot and go online and we did, and we saved the business and they're still doing the online programs, but um, you know, it's, you have to pivot and you have to know and to recognize that that's not like, and especially in this situation, a sign of failure, like you just have to meet your community where they are. And just like for me, people were still having babies for you. People were still playing games. They were still online gaming and more so. So like, why not capitalize on this moment in history? Right. Yep. So this is my last question. And it's the question I ask everyone at the end, and I'm sure you know what it is, but 
I, and I'm so sad that this is like coming to an end because I could talk to you guys forever and I'm going to have to have you back because I think there are so many just like themes and like offshoots of this conversation that, you know, you guys can share with this community in terms of founding a business and things that are important. And I mean, I could talk to you guys all day. I mean, we have talked all day before, so, <laughs> so um, you know, but for the sake of time, um, I would love for you to share with our community and I'm going to have you each share um, three things that you would tell someone who's founding a business that they should do now, like right away. You guys have founded two successful communities that you have turned into businesses, viable, successful businesses. Um, You guys are pros at this. Laura, you started this. I mean, you literally were, as Lindsay said, you were first in this in this space. So, I mean, you go first. Okay, so um, I think the the most important thing, truly, is to make sure that whatever you are doing or starting, you have a true passion for, or or are actually living it. So because in order to build something authentic, you have to be authentic. And how are you authentic? You're either living it or you're loving it. So, you know, don't just start something because you think it's a good idea if it's not something that you truly believe in or love or live. Because then what if you do, if you start something that you're either living or you're loving, it is so genuine and authentic. And that is how true authenticity starts. So my number one, my number one advice would be if you're wanting to start something new, you, you need to wait until you find something that has one of those criteria. You're either living it or loving it. And I'm going to shake this up and I'm going to say, Heather, now it's your turn. And then I'm going to come back because I have so many things that I want to think about what my next thing is. So uh, I, again, I have, I I have so many, but, but um, uh, I am a big believer in um, being able to clearly state your reason for creating a business. And it sounds so simple, but sometimes it gets lost. And so when we were um, just launching our the tech part of our of our platform Lindsay I, if you, you remember we we built a whole nanny board that connected caregivers oh my god yes I yes and you helped us with anyway part of that you were part of it um but that was that was in 2008 nine we started building that like people just it was tech like it wasn't happening then so that was really exciting we ended up going to TechCrunch in San Francisco and I remember going to hear Paul Graham speak, who's a big VC um, out on the West Coast. And he said these three things. So I'll I'll just share like this. I always come back to this with if people are asking me to console or even when I'm kind of fleshing out a business idea. Okay. What can you say in one sentence um, what your company is? One sentence. Because if you need a whole paragraph, like you haven't, it's, you haven't thought it out. And also you're, you're, as you know, trade shows, pitching clients, like you, you're going to lose them if it takes too long. So what is your business in one sentence? Number two, what problem are you solving? Again, if you can't say that in one sentence. So for us, the problem we were solving was that there was toxicity in the gaming space and there wasn't a safe place for women to come together. 
to connect, share, elevate. Um, and number three, what's your low hanging fruit? So you can have, and, th- and it's, it's why I know you ask this a lot in your pockets, like what, how, how are you going to monetize? It's not. How are you going to, the first question is, how are you going to be a unicorn and make billions of dollars? And what's your big, because those ideas are there, but what literally is your low hanging fruit that will keep the lights on? What's your quick money? Such all three of those things, such good advice. I like could say so much about all of them. I mean, really, and you know, I, I feel the same way about all of these things that you're saying. I, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I, I love when other people say them. Do you know what I mean? Because I say these things all the time, but when other people come on and validate as well, I think it's so important for the listeners of this podcast to hear these thematically across the board, because then you know that like, to your point, there are like very few billion dollar unicorn ideas. They don't happen overnight. Like, and and I think as female founders, we see that happening and we think that like we're failures or we're not quick enough or, and that's not the case. And I, I love that you just said, find your, your low hanging fruit, because all of this stuff that you're saying right now, I'm doing, I'm in the, the building phase. Right. And so I totally can empathize with all of this. Like I, I am trying to figure out like, where do I spend my time to make money to keep the lights on? But how do I grow my communities so naturally? And so I like, I personally thank you for all of that advice. So thank you. And I'm going to throw it back to you, Laura, for your final two. So my final two are, um, it's very, very scary and you just can't think about it. You just have to jump right in. You really, there's going to be so many times that you're like, should I, shouldn't I? I always say Nike does it best, but it's so true. You have to jump right in. Um, and then my third is in the, especially in the beginning, be very open to meeting people and to networking. Um, if, if I wasn't, I would never have met Heather. Right. So let people come to you, go out for coffee, meet people, pick their brains, let them talk to you about how they started their business, anything. But networking in the very beginning is is really key. I want to say something about that, because technically, Laura and Heather were my competitors when we had our first businesses. And I could have been a big jerk when they when they emailed me and they were like, let's do something together. And like, I could have been like, Oh no, like, why would I want to work with you? Like we're, we're competing. We're in the same space. But I knew then, and I did know then, and I know now there is enough business for everyone. And it is so much more fruitful to have positive relationships with your competitors because they understand what you're going through than it is to stay away from them. And I just, I share that because what if I had turned down that invitation to whatever, I don't even remember when it was that we first met. It was so long ago, but I do know you guys reached out to me and had I turned that down, we wouldn't be here today. Right. That's right. You know, and, and, and I'm so appreciative always that you took that leap to reach out to me and you asked me to help with the nanny board and, and we partnered and, because we've partnered in so many ways over the years. And it just goes to show like how powerful your network is. So thank you for saying that. Thank you for being here. Laura Deutsch and Heather Wieda, co-founders of The Game Hers. I 
can't thank you enough for your time, but not only for your time being here today, for your never ending friendship. I mean, it's been like over 10 years, maybe 15. And I know I can always call you and count on you. And you know that of me. And it is it is a really special, unique relationship that we have built because we do live in different cities. We are not together all the time. Um, but I think it just speaks to the people that you guys are. And I'm so, so, so lucky to have you both in my life. So thank you for being here. And thank you for being on the podcast. Lindsay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been seriously, I have like a permanent smile on my face. It's just, it's just so amazing the history and seeing us all where we are right now. So thank you really for having us. Of course. And and congratulations. Oh gosh. And to you too, Lindsay, I was just about to say, and thank you for being a role model to so many of us truly. Goes both ways. Mwah. Mwah. I'm sure you would agree that Heather and Laura are simply amazing. I hope that you have a lot to think about walking away from today's episode. I know that just talking to them, they gave me so many things that I wanted to think about in terms of my own business. As always, there were so many key takeaways, so please get out your pen and paper. It's time to write them down. Number one, If you believe in something, take the risk, send the email, do something out of your comfort zone. Number two, listen to your community. Step back and actually listen to what it is that they want. Number three, find ways to organically support your community to your community and celebrate them. Number four, content, community, engagement, listening, reacting, make that your focus and you will create a great way for brands to get involved and partner with you. Number five, Build your community naturally and organically, and you will see the outside opportunities come to fruition. Number six, make sure that whatever you're starting, you have a true passion for, or you are actually living it. To build something authentic, you have to be authentic. You're either living it or loving it. Number seven, clearly state your reason for creating a business. Make sure you can summarize your business in one sentence. Don't let your mission get lost. Number eight, make sure that you know what problem you are solving. Number nine, What is your low-hanging fruit that will keep the lights on? Make sure you know this, make sure you take advantage of this, and make sure that you utilize this. Number 10, you just have to jump right in. You just have to do it. Number 11, be very open to meeting people and networking. Let people come to you, go for coffee, pick their brains, anything, but networking really is key. I'm beyond touched and honored that Laura and Heather spent this episode with us. I cannot thank them for being here and I cannot thank you enough for joining us for today's episode of Dear Founder. And a special thanks to those of you who have left a rating or review. Recently, Sally left an amazing review that honestly, these are the the times that are pinch me moments. She said, Lindsay is a phenomenal interviewer who probes deeply into what makes each entrepreneur successful. She leaves her audience with tangible ways to become more successful in their own endeavors. I also like that Lindsay has built and sold a company. Thank you so much, Sally, for taking a minute to leave that review. If you're liking what you're hearing, please make sure to take out your phone and click that five-star rating or leave a review so that others can find us. We have some amazing guests coming up, so please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Laura and Heather or who has started a business or who has an amazing idea, please text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. Tag me and I'll reshare it to say thank you. Please stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday. 